amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. of Ayn Rand's philosophy. If I'm not mistaken, this is the September 20, excuse me, 29th, 19th, I'm jumping the gun here, version of Don't Let It Go Unheard. And I'm Amy Peekoff. It is late. I see people here in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio. Daniel is saying, man, this new showtime is late. It is late. It is late. And unfortunately, I have day job that keeps me doing this show time late. So I am sorry about that, but we do have podcast technology. So those of you who cannot join us live can go ahead and, and tune in by podcast. But if you are here live and you do want to contribute to today's discussion, you can chime in in the chat room as some people already are over there. Hi, Ed. Hi, Mo. Hi, John. Welcome to the show this evening. You can also call. Oh, Mikael says he likes the new time because he can actually listen live now. And that's true of some other people, too, who have long work days. I, I know that one of my favorite callers, Deb, uh, is sometimes actually calling on the way home from work. <laughs> so it's, uh, But those are the probably West Coast types over here. Anyway, you can also call 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. And I think that cartoonist Bosch Fossen has just finally arrived. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Coming right in. So, Bosch, tell them what you did last weekend. I was in Texas. And I uh, shot uh, a segment for a TV show called The Flip Side. It's basically... it's. Um, it's just that it's it's like uh, I guess a daily show, a flip side. It's a right wing type of daily show thing, and the host uh, Michael um, Loftus. Loftus. Ooh, you like are that. bad. <laughs> I had to remember it. Uh, I saw him preparing uh, on, on Saturday. You play so, you play in Syria in the background. You don't even have an excuse. That's not a new That's iPhone true. yet. That's true. Oh. Uh, so I shot this one segment about my work and. Um, there's a little surprise at the end if they keep it. Well, you know, we'll see. It was fun, very, very fun. And Michael Loftus uh, is is a good interviewer, and he was uh, very. He made me laugh literally. Uh, he was doing some um, rehearsals for a monologue 
I don't want to say what the monologue is about, but it's, I think it's very funny, the whole premise. So it, it was fun. It's just my second time being on television. The first time was a daily show, and now I got the you know the flip side of that, literally. So um, we'll see. I, I guess it'll be it'll be airing uh, in a few weeks, sometime in the next few weeks. Probably yeah. probably in a few weeks. As now. soon as we know, we will broadcast Definitely. it loud and wide. But Definitely. we don't have an exact date yet. Do go to a URL for the show. You can actually check out full yeah. episodes. It's called theflipsideshow.com. Yeah. That's right. The flip the show dot com. Yep, starring uh, Michael Loftus. He's the uh, stand-up comedian who hosts the show. Yeah, it seems like a fun little show. And yeah. already I saw between the first and second episode that yeah. the editing yes. in the second episode was smoother right. than in the first episode. So no they're they're it. on a very steep learning curve over there, and I think it's awesome. I also got to meet uh, Michael Ramirez, the great cartoonist Michael Ramirez from my Investors business. business Daily. I mean, he right. just we just uh, you know he knows about work. I, I know about his clearly. And it was really cool just to hang out with him. Uh, we, we sat, we, we talked for a little while, and uh, you know, I just, you know, he's so successful. He he's won two two Pulitzer prizes, incredible. And uh, just he's a great cartoonist. He's a great guy too. On top of that, and I did see Clavin there, and I was gonna basically I was gonna tell him uh, that his video on Iran was not just nonsense, but worse than nonsense. But I wanted him to go through the show first, and I thought that we were going to all get together in the truck and go go back to the airport. But he went to a whole separate airport, different times, so I didn't get a chance to to tell him my thoughts on that. But whatever. Not sure that it matters very much. Not we really. we gave him our thoughts. Oh, we did. We did. We yep. gave him our thoughts by video. So everyone who wants to see what we're going to discuss tonight here on this show. Go to DontLetItGo.com, and you'll see that the title of tonight's show is Obamacare Architects' Anti-Life Agenda. If you follow me on Facebook or Twitter, if you're on the Don't Let It Go Unheard page on Facebook, you saw that I shared the link to this story. And it's just truly unbelievable. One of Obamacare's architects, uh, of course, a relative of Rahm Emanuel, brother, right, Bosch? Yep. Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, he has an article in The Atlantic saying that he actually hopes to die at 75. He He hopes to die die. at 75. And in fact, at 65, he plans to stop having certain medical tests and after 75, a do not resuscitate and all this kind of stuff. He can kill himself today if he wants. I mean... But, but he doesn't believe saying in is, a suicide or euthanasia. But, but what he's saying basically is uh, he wants that for all of us. All of us. Right. That's right. the problem. Yeah. He, he, can, he can do anything he wants to himself. He can bludgeon himself to death. He can you know, not take any medicine from here on out. But his whole thing is to try to force it on us. And again. Well, actually, maybe not, right? I mean, you know, and I, I wasn't going to jump straight into the article right away. But maybe we may as well. Um, but do go over to my blog at DontLetItGo.com and look at all the other stories that we plan to discuss because we're going to discuss not just this. We have some other horrific news, and we've got also a number of good stories as well. So do go check it out. In any event, with Emmanuel, I was wondering if he's thinking, okay, well, I've helped create Obamacare. Obamacare is already proving to be financially unsustainable. So a way that we can encourage or, or you know, make Obamacare more of a success if there is such a way to yeah. have force you know, perpetrated against all force of us, our citizens as, as success. 
But, you know, maybe he's thinking, well, look, uh, so medical costs don't go through the roof. Why don't I just start to, you know, kind of encourage this culture where people just think, oh, 75 is a good lifespan. And I think, you know, hey, Ezekiel Emanuel, he doesn't have colonoscopies after 65, so I think I won't either. And and, and so he just, you know, he, he doesn't want the death panels to tell you that you can't do it because, boy, he that's just sounds horrible. Yeah, well, yeah every, everybody just gets this mindset. And then socialized medicine can work yes. because after a certain stage, on board. Yeah, if, if we're all on board, then everything's Don't great. Don't take care of why, why should you think that you're going to be one of the outliers, one of the few productive people, he asks. You know, he, he says, I mean, and he admits he has a colleague who he worked with in the guy's 80s was super creative and productive in the guy's 90 and he's still as sharp as a tack, but this guy is an outlier. Of course, everybody thinks they're going to be an outlier, and that's why they want to go for being a, quote, American immortal, as he calls it. An American immortal? Oh, yeah, we're immortal because we want to actually to use medical technology to extend and this our is a doctor. Lifespan. This is a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, and what was the name I used from earlier? Yeah. Now, who who is jealous of what? Oh, I guess Ed is probably jealous that you got to speak to... Ramirez, Ramirez probably. that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Not that you got to sit around Clavin and not talk to him. No. I don't think that's what Ed would have been jealous of. By the way, of. when we were on the way to the studio, we all got in the truck together because we were staying at the same hotel. Um, there was a black guy driving, and he looked like maybe he was a, a foreigner. And next thing I know is his phone goes off. It's the mazoon. It's the, it's the call to prayer for Islam. That's his ringtone. That's his ringtone. Oh my and uh, my wallet, I lost my wallet. So I was going to go back to the, to the hotel with him. So spend more time with this Muslim, with the Muslim. I mean, if you have that on your phone, you're 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 pretty hardcore. You know, I'm pointing at the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio right now, and I see Daniel bragging about something that I think should get him <laughs> kicked out of the. No, not really. Uh, we're wow. not. We, we will not kick you out of the chat room. He Is has the a new one? iPhone six. Now he just said six. He didn't say six plus. I think he would have said six. Plus, if it was the big one. So it's a tiny one, okay. The tiny one. It's a tiny one. There is a very good argument for not going for the big one. And that is the inability to use it with one hand and have your thumb touch any point on there. It's all all good if you have a big hand. Daniel says he's got the girly one. Oh, oh, Ed says he's jealous of the iPhone 6. No, he's not jealous of you okay. speaking to Ramirez. Okay. I'm jealous of you getting to speak yeah, to Ramirez. Yeah, he's great. He's very, very cool. And, um, but, um, <laughs> I like Ed. Ed says Ayn Rand was more productive in her final two years, age 76 to 77, than Ezekiel Absolutely. Emanuel has been in his whole life. No doubt about it. <laughs> iPhone 6 is for girls. iPhone 6 Plus is for real men. Exactly. Oh my god. Of gosh. course. You wrap your mitt around it, you know. That's it. Um <laughs> but um this uh this scumbag uh So basically Emmanuel, Ed if easy I kill. if I if I see you in person with your iPhone six plus, I'm gonna have you show me how you're able to maneuver it with one hand and do all I'll the things you. that I'll you wanna do it. on it. Okay. Easy kill manual, right? That's the name. Easy kill manual. This scumbag and him him and his brother, they're they're evil. They're flat out evil, and they think in the last five or six years since Obama, you know, cracked America that they feel free now to say whatever the hell they damn, you know, please. 
they feel open, that they can say these things, these horrific things, with a smile. Uh, because this is the kind of world that they think we're, it's, it's, inevit- it's inevitably leading to. And these guys got to be fought, have to be fought completely. We'll see if we have the, uh, the fighters t- to do it. We'll see. Because right now, even the midterms, it's, it's up in the air. The Republicans are so bad. They're basically counting on us to vote for them because they're prob- because Democrats well, are, 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 are and, so bad. And I, and I think this is why someone like him, he just feels like he can just completely come out yes. and state exactly what he thinks. And, and this is what he's doing. He's Again, like, honest, he's right? trying to create a culture yeah. in which yes. everyone just wants to do this. Yep. He says he's not going to get a flu shot. Of course, I don't do the flu shots anyway. He says, uh, certainly, if there were to be a flu pandemic, a younger person who has yet to live a complete life ought to get the vaccine or any antiviral drugs. A big challenge is antibiotics for pneumonia or skin and urinary infections. Antibiotics are cheap and largely effective in curing infections. It's really hard for us to say no. Indeed, even people who are sure they don't want life-extending treatments find it hard to refuse antibiotics. But, as Osler, some guru of his, reminds us, Unlike the decays associated with chronic conditions, death from these infections is quick and relatively painless. So no antibiotics. He's not going to have antibiotics whoa, after 75? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's what he's saying. He's, he's going to be fine. <sighs> this low life is lying. If he can say what he's saying, he's not going to do it. This is for us. It's not for him. He's lying his ass off. That's what he does. No antibiotics. Don't worry. The death from it will be quick and painless. Oh, this is terrible. So what's his name? Uh, <laughs> Easy Kill Emanuel. It's terrible. Easy, you know, Easy Kill. That's his name. I, Easy I, Kyle, whatever it's called. You know what, you Easy know what, Kill. I, I, I don't normally do this too much, but I've actually got to go over to my Facebook where people were leaving comments about this story today. Oh, he's a and, and, and what I did, I mean, this is what I immediately thought of. You know, his idea is, oh, society is going to be better off mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. we just, just drop dead. Yeah, we just have people die at this point. At the age that he picks. And all, you know, he's, he's 57, so a dyslexic person would say, why aren't you dead? You know? I mean, they say, why aren't you dead today? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I told you that earlier. Yeah. Dyslexia. Yeah, by, uh, he's 57, I, I you know, well. 75, whatever. But there was there was someone on the Don't Let It Go on her page who I think said it that ahead. it'd be better if if he left much earlier than seventy five. Yeah, yeah as, and, in, as in today. And I normally don't like even entertain thoughts yeah, like that. Second. But he is he's entertaining our deaths. He's entertaining I our know. deaths, and for that, I think it'd be nice if uh, you know he drops dead today. I mean, seriously. Amber says pure evil. Absolutely. Steven says, this guy is an abominable idiot. He measures the worth of human beings according to their contribution to the human race. How does one even measure that in the great majority of cases? And he says, according to that criterion, more than half the human race ought to do nothing for their health care past the age of 21, etc. And he admits that there's a lot for people to experience. But he's not concerned with that. He's concerned with, oh, well, your mental functioning is maybe declining uh, it, by certain measures. Well, his is declining. Well, I mean, you know, today, to actually say this. And, he, and he'd say, oh, well, you probably have a physical limitation. You either can't do this or can't do that or can't do this other thing. There's a list of different tasks, you know, that they test you right. on. Uh, maybe you have pain, this and that. It, You know, this type of thing where you're trying to encourage people 
to not have health care. And the implication behind it is that if we refuse you health care after 75 of these types of things, then we're doing the right thing. Yes, and right? we are preparing you now. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're, just, we're just getting you ready to basically be resigned to it. So the idea that the individual gets to choose, the idea that the individual's experience of the world is at all important. Oh, forget that. No, and also their capacity to still produce at that age, to still be great, to still be able to write and think and and well, and then he live. Said, and, he, and he admits that there are people like this. I mean, the example that I gave and oh, that to came him, to mind right away. Rare freak. Frank Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright. Ninety-one years old. And, and again, if, if you go Beautiful. over, yeah, if you go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, you'll see the link that I have. It's just. To Wikipedia, it's not a not a John big deal. Jonathan writes uh, something I thought about earlier. Doctor Death, absolutely right. He's right. the real Doctor Death. All right, all right, and and not even antibiotics. No antibiotics because you know you're after seventy five and infections, your death will be good. And why would you think that you're going to be one of the outliers? I mean, that would just be irrational because you know for the most part, people after seventy five, you know, they're just not. So l- listen to Frank Lloyd Wright. Significant later works. Guggenheim Museum in yeah, New York City beautiful. occupied Wright for 16 years, 1943 to 59. I believe he died in 59. So this is the end of his life. He was born in the 1860s, so he lived up to 90 or so. Yeah, so this is definitely this is definitely the past 75 years, and they say it is probably his most recognized masterpiece. If Frank Lloyd Wright died at 75, we would not have. No his most recognized masterpiece, the Guggenheim Museum. But, you know, hey, maybe he wouldn't have been able to walk a quarter mile, which is one of the things that they that's talked a, about. That, that's a so standard? No, well, you know, if you can't walk a quarter mile, if you can't sit or stand for they, two hours without assistance, down. I mean, these are all things that you should really be concerned about. Uh, they say, you know, and they describe the building and how wonderful it is, the interior, excuse me, is similar inside to a seashell. Uh, you know, unique central geometry allows visitors to experience Guggenheim's collection. Uh, you take an elevator to the top level and you view the artworks by walking down the slowly descending spiral ramp. I was there not long after 9-11 right. and they had a, a Norman Rockwell um, um, gallery, gallery display. It was great. The it other, was beautiful. The other thing is it's the only realized, there's the only realized skyscraper that was designed by Wright. It's called the Price Tower a 19-story tower in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Only one. It's only one of the two existing vertically-oriented right structures. The other is the S.C. Johnson Rocks Research Tower in Wisconsin. The Price Tower was commissioned by Price, a, a local oil pipeline and chemical firm. It opened to the public in February 1956, three years before Wright died. And that was designated a National Historic Landmark. It would not have existed. So this is ridiculous. You know, I smoked when I was younger, and um, I smoked about seven years, and I stopped cold turkey. And one of the reasons I stopped because I told myself I want to live to be 100, you know. And at the time, you know, you figure you, you project into the future, we'll be healthier. I mean, medicine will be advanced. I mean, life will be to the point where you can be maybe 80 and be far healthier than than, than, than being an 80-year-old last century. And then you got this guy bringing up this stuff. I mean, it's just, again, he's trying to set us up here. Guys, I'm just telling you now, because that's going to happen, like it or not. I mean, we're not going to take care of you. We're going to put you down, more or less, without helping you. 
And it, 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 it's a problem with they will not accept anyone unless they're wealthy, uh, political donors and politicians, people in power. You think Barack Obama is going to check out a 75 and this guy? I mean, it, it's Barack, not going to happen. So, so Barack Obama's got probably going to have some health issues at that point. Well, no doubt. Well, yeah. he still smokes. What an idiot. I mean, he really is. <laughs> Our president, the smoker. I mean, it's Yay. just so... Anyway. I enjoy smoking, but please. Here is a man who, first of all, is not just advocating, but who has helped yes. initiate force against American citizens with regard to our health care choices. And in an article, he's just foreshadowing things to come. Of necessity, they're going to be rationing health care. And implicitly, although he doesn't say it, he's saying, well, I, I'm not going to do any of these things mm -hmm. after 75. No, but he could do anything he wants. Don't do anything. Sure. Please don't do anything. But the, you know what? Just don't, don't, don't wait till, don't wait till 75. Easy kill. Do now. But the idea that you would implicitly propose that all of us do this is evil. It is evil to advocate this for Absolutely anybody. Absolutely evil. There's no question, no question for him and his brother. That whole gang. I think about it also. I mean, who Obama surrounds himself, you know, who, who he surrounds himself with, tells you who he is completely. He is easy kill, Obama. Obama. That, easy, that's yeah. him. Yeah, no, definitely. Let me read to you. There's this one part in the beginning where he admits that, and my Apple uh, laptop is not. I hate when it, the scrolling doesn't cooperate with me. Yeah. I really do. But at the very beginning, he he admits that okay, life is you know starting to decline a bit, and it's not that uh, living is worse than death. It's but not that living is no, no. It's not that living is worse than death. He knows it's you know a lot better than being dead, but nonetheless, it's in decline. And so his idea—I mean, I don't know—I think he believes in life after death of some kind. That's what someone told me um, that that's part of his belief system. He doesn't believe actually even in euthanasia or assisted suicide. So imagine somebody has a well, terminal disease. So if someone has a terminal disease and they want to die and they want to, he doesn't believe in giving them that. Where where life actually is worse than yes. death, no. But where life is actually still better than being dead, he thinks that you shouldn't have medical care to prolong your life. Okay, so if someone reaches over 75, what's his uh, solution? His solution is just... Just split your throat? No, no, just withdraw significant medical, medical care of any kind. And that's drop dead. Why, why prolong the dying process is what he says. All, all that we're doing is we're prolonging the dying process. So this, this should also, according to him, this should affect what sort of tax dollars we spend oh, yeah. on research and what sort of research we spend it on. Look, we should there's spend always it on... victims for these scum. There's always victims, and that's how they see. So it, you know, this can't work. They know that. They know, no, but they know it can't work. They're like, yeah, we have to we have to still pretend it does. So if we have more victims, then we can maybe make it seem like it's working. Because no, but they know it doesn't work. That's why they, that's why they do it. That's why they promote it. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's deliberate. It's just evil. They know it's horrific, and that's why he was one of the architects. 
I, I really can't believe the brazenness. And he said, oh, you know, my family thinks that when I approach 75 that I'm going to say that the age should be 80, and then I'll say it's 85. And he says, no, 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 this is what I'm going to Fine. do. Fine. No, but again, do it. Do it, easy kill. Do it. But anyway. his whole thing is not it's for everyone to do it. Call in and let me know what you think, 760-888-5817. But this is about the most horrific thing that I've seen all weekend. I mean, what and, a family, two evil and, brothers. And, it's like Cain and Cain. It's not even Cain and Abel. It's Cain and Cain. Revealing his hand in terms of how they think the government should use its control, its total control over one-sixth of our economy, over the medical no, the, these two are particularly evil, and they're uh, brazen about it, and they're righteous about it. It's like when um, Ron Manuel said, uh, "Never let a crisis go to waste." Right. You know, that's evil. I don't know. I mean, he says by seventy-five he will have lived a complete life, and so I guess he thinks that that's. Uh, well, he he's never lived a complete life. What are you talking about? To say something like this. I, I really, I really can't even believe it. I'm okay, so I am back here at the beginning. And let's see. Yeah, this is what he says. He says that um, living too long is, is a loss as well as death. You know, he says it, it renders many of us, if not disabled, then faltering and declining, a state that may not be worse than death, but is nonetheless deprived. Look. So if you decide that if your I, life, that living is like, better than I death I and you want to stay alive, you want to prolong it, he if, thinks that's evil. If I started thinking like him, I might check myself out. I mean, if I actually believe what he's actually saying about mankind, about Americans, about what we ought to do at 35, and say, you know, life, uh, you know, at that point, even if it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's a little better than death. It's not, it's a lot better than death. That's what I was talking about. But, but what I'm saying is, if it, this is a, it's a disease thinking. So he's already declined. I mean, I mean, the thing that I would like to say to him is that I would like very much to live to 110 and beyond. With the proviso that I don't have to spend those decades watching. Well, okay, not that, but I don't want to spend those decades watching everybody else around me die because of people like him. Look, there has to be. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to spend those decades watching government kill people. Massive counterattack. (laughs) But otherwise, I was planning on having a nice long life. He's the only one who's messing up my plan. No, he's coming out right now because this is what they want to do. So he's like, "Let me talk to you, Americans. This is what we got planned for you. So get on board." It's it's like in uh, semi-dictatorships where they want you to, to censor yourself. It's not outright dictatorship yet, but they're like, it's better if you don't say those things. Right. It's better if you don't think those things. And that's what he's saying. It's better if you start getting uh, resigned to this uh, idea that I'm promoting here, because I'm going to do it. You're you're a piece of crap. Why why, why would we listen to you? Exactly. He's a piece of crap. Mitchell over on my page on Facebook says, this is Rahm Emanuel's brother, P.S., and you already knew that. Note that he opposes legalized euthanasia. So if you're suffering, you may not choose to end your own life. But when you hit 75, state could go ahead and effectively end it for you, even by just denying you antibiotics. I mean, this is the implication here. There was a woman the other day, 91 years old, called in Mark Levin, sounded fresh, energetic. She travels, she does, she, she lives. And this guy's saying it's 15 years too long. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Brian says, yep, Zeke is a real ghoul. 
he always has been, and much like his brother, he believes that his ease with disposing of the lives of others makes him a far better person than the yes. rest of us. As I say, easy kill. That's the name. Sophocles was still writing dramas at 90 points out, Charles. And, you know, this is the kind of... I mean, it's of, sick that we right? have to even bring this up. You know what I mean? Well, like, like, well, this guy, this guy. And, 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 and here's the thing, right? Here is someone trying to basically say, and this is, you know, he's saying people who are older, they're not really contributing that much. They're a burden on everybody. They're using up our health care dollars. What, they should just let yeah, themselves the leftist, die, right? You know, the leftists, remember the ageism, ageism, ageism. What's this? This, this is ageism this on is the extreme. Ageism. But you know, the worst. implicit back there is that, well, it's, it's not the individual and his own wishes about the extension of his life using his own resources that's important. It is society making a decision of the so-called greatest good for the greatest number. And here you come back and you're pointing out, okay, there are some of the great achievements in civilization have been achieved by people who are older. And yeah. maybe in with respect to certain parts of their mental functioning, they have declined. But talk about the vast life experience that they're able to draw upon when they're 80 years old and they are still and if functioning. They're healthy, if they're I mean, healthy, what, what, and if they're sharp. I mean, I mean, think about this. If he says nobody's going to live past 75, that means you're not going to give them the health care. You're not going to let anybody gain 80, 85 years, 90, 95 years worth of life experience and draw upon that in the manner that many people can and achieve truly great things. What you just advocate getting rid- so 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 you think about this, right? And I am making a kind of greatest good for the greatest number argument in that sort of thing. I'm saying no, you know, I'm I'm arguing on his own terms. But think about this. We know, I mean, from just research that's been done forever, that this free market where government does not initiate force against people, everyone knows that that actually does serve the greatest good for the greatest number. Mm-hmm. What he's proposing is egalitarianism, which is to make everybody equal. He wants to knock and the out only, those, yeah. how, how's, how's he call them? The special, the extra, he, he wants to knock those out. Not right. the, you know, they're unnatural. He's, yeah, he's talking about egalitarianism. You know, not most people, no, they're not going to do this. And, you know, most people, so in, in, order, in order for everybody to have access anymore. to health care, in order for everybody to have access to health care, we're going to have to deny it to somebody. Why not deny it to the over 75, right? So he, he doesn't care if we lose some of the greatest accomplishments ever. Anyway, so the point being, we know that the, the, has the actual... Has there been a prominent individual who has attacked this, who has countered this, I mean, in the culture? Because this came out of what, yesterday or today? Has there been anyone out there? I'm not sure. I mean, there I, has I, to be. oh, oh, actually, there is. Um, well, I don't know about how, how prominent you yeah. think he is, but Ben Shapiro on Breitbart good. spoke well, out against fine, yeah. it, which is good. But we just need to counter major counterattack. Well, this. and expose it for what it is. But so, so my my point is was that you know the, this achieving the greatest good for the greatest number, as many people know, utilitarian arguments would be leave the free market yes. to decide who gets health care. That is actually if what... If that's what they actually if that's mean, what, if, that's if it's right. the great... If it is, now, that's not, not my argument. My moral argument is that people should be left free to decide for themselves that only people who are left free, who do not have any force initiated against them, can decide what is best for their own lives, can act in their self-interest. So that's mine, right? But nonetheless... Here is a guy who is deliberately choosing 
an egalitarian outcome over something that would achieve the greatest good for the greatest number. If somebody is choose making that choice, he is a nihilist, right? Yes. So so you may you that may not you may not argue for the greatest good for the greatest number as some sort of a moral ideal. But when somebody is deliberately going against years of economic research and choosing something that he knows is not the greatest good for the greatest number in order to achieve an egalitarian ideal, that person is the nihilist. And this is something I was just thinking about recently. The fact that I'm not a utilitarian doesn't mean I'm not going to make some of these arguments and say, look, you are deliberately trying to deprive society of the greatness that is Frank Lloyd Wright in his old age, that is Sophocles in his old age. Plato, I think, was also old when he was writing a lot of his best stuff, too. Uh, you're pointing to something over here in the chat room. What's Ed, going on? No, Ed was on. He says, utilitarianism is positively benign compared to Emmanuel's Rousey and egalitarianism. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And it is purely evil to knowingly choose the thing that is going to destroy and, good for and again, so many people. again, his whole thing is he's trying to be the role model. Hey, guys, I'm doing this, and you're going to do this too. And you won't have a choice. I'm choosing to, to do this, but you won't. You won't, you, won't, you won't have a choice. Well, and you should choose it, but if you don't choose yeah. it, we'll help yeah. you. I mean, you know, as, as someone said what, in the chat what, room a little you, bit earlier, yeah. nudge. We'll what, nudge you. Yeah, whether you choose yeah. or not, it doesn't matter. These guys, I don't know. I mean... Sometimes I, I, I have to hold back. I do. Roscoe in the chat room over here asked, did he actually author Obamacare? That is what I understand yes, from yes, Ben Shapiro. One, yes, no, mm-hmm. he, he is one of, one of the authors. I remember that at the time. I said, that's a scumbag's brother, you know, Ron Manuels. Yeah. Uh, the future for old people, says Roscoe, is that they better be producing something or health care will be minimum. You, well, you, and not just producing something, something that is, quote, good for society yes, as yes, judged. Yes, you know, and, 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 and this, this actually kind of brings us into the next thing that I wanted to talk about. It's both bad news and good news. And again, go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com to see all the stuff that we are talking about on tonight's show. But um, one thing is Senator Ted Cruz gave an awesome just masterful speech on the floor of the Senate because the piece of legislation that, if passed, would effectively obliterate the First Amendment of our Constitution, obliterate freedom of speech in our country. That piece of legislation has been actively considered this week in the Senate. Forty-nine Democratic senators apparently signed on this piece of legislation. They're co-sponsoring it. And... Cruz, from beginning to end, exposes the nature of this piece of legislation. He describes the type of power that it would give Congress to ban movies, to ban books, to prevent the NAACP and other corporations from speaking. He explicitly draws the connection between spending money. A lot of politicians say, oh, all we want to do is prevent corporations from spending money to influence elections Mm -hmm. because that's so evil. He talks about the fact that you cannot speak unless you spend money. Now, here I am on Blog Talk Radio, okay? Blog Talk Radio, you can get a, quote, free account. But even to get on a free account, you have to have Internet access. You have to have a computer 
you have a computer that has a microphone attached to it at least. Maybe you're calling in by a phone. You need some materials. And and I think Cruz said during his talk that even if all you want to do to quote speak is take a crayon and write something on a piece of paper, this requires money. That anything and, and I, I just I love this. This right, this right, you know explicitly right. look that recognition of it, yeah. To speak takes the spending of money. If you're going to create a website and try to get a message out there, it takes money. There is nothing free out there. So if you can prevent a corporation from speaking, I mean from spending money, you can prevent a corporation from speaking. Yes. You can you can prevent. Speech. But these scumbags, they accept any money from anyone. They just don't want their competitors to to have that that same kind of power. Because no, they have to force this. You have to make this happen. It's just it's it's. I mean, it just, they're just. Again, the brazenness, post-Obama, what's being said and what's being tried and pulled. This is, I mean, you, we need a hardcore counterattack that we haven't gotten at all. I don't expect it from, from the Republicans at all. A Ted Cruz is the only guy who would actually have that kind of talk. I mean, did uh, Rand Paul say anything about this? I'm sure he said something, no, but, but probably but, not but as thorough. No, yeah. no he didn't. It's, it's just Cruz. Is what I'm saying. Well, Cruz is the one who's out there, but really? I, I wouldn't think that Ted, uh, that Rand Paul would support. I'm not saying like he that. would, yeah. but he's not passionately fighting it the way the way the way the way Cruz did. Well, and freedom of speech is the most important thing, and particularly political say? speech. What does Rand say? When that goes, went, then, yeah. then it's over. That is the litmus test. And it that seems is. like uh, Cruz. He it seems like he's cognizant of that. He knows that. You know, maybe he learned it from Rand. I mean, just literally. Um, yeah, it says it's not legislation; it's constitutional amendments. Yes. It actually is an amendment. Yeah, no, no, that well, they amend the constitution at each and every turn that they can. You know what I mean, without officially amending it, they do this. They change the rules, change the laws. So, what so, the, so the idea it was actually proposed as a constitutional amendment, no, I doubt. and then therefore it would need no, two no, no. thirds of the Senate to pass, and that's the only reason no, it failed. No, what I'm saying is they wouldn't, I think, name it that way. I don't think they they say this is a constitutional amendment. They would never say that. Well, I mean, he he called it a constitutional yes, he amendment. He, did. he called it. Yes, one. yes. What yes. I'm saying is they would never say it. You know, we're trying to do something here. We're trying to change. No, no, no. That's not. They'll do it under and every every under any guys. Besides that, uh, it's for the good of the Ed country. Ed says it was. It was actually. Now, I had assumed that Jesus it was introduced Christ. as a piece of legislation and that Cruz was inferring that if this was passed, Please. this would be effectively amending the Constitution. So I thought it was and, a little bit of hyperbole. So it's actually. So, so this, this, is why they, this is why they know for sure it wasn't going to pass, that it wasn't going to pass. And that the they whole, tested the waters, but they got 49 Democrats? 49, 49 Democrats. Democrats. Yeah. And then others might have voted for yeah, it. Right. Others might have voted for it. But 49 put their name on it. And Cruz called them out for how insanely pathetic it was. And you know, he's got this picture of Ted Kennedy mm. saying, Ted Kennedy apparently at one point, and I don't know which of the Bill of Rights was up for amendment at the time, he says, we have never in the history of this body amended the Bill of Rights. I mean, they may have had other amendments to the Constitution, but they have not amended the Bill of Rights. And he says, I don't think we should start now. And, of course, Cruz is saying, well, I don't have much in common with Ted Kennedy, but this is definitely uh, something that I do. The, the lion of the center, right? And it, the, the lion. I, I, the video, the link to the video is over on my blog at don'tletitgo.com. It's about 50-some-odd yeah. minutes long. I recommend watching it simply because this man analyzes the text. He talks about the effect 
of it, what power it would give. He addresses the arguments that he on you know given by his colleagues, his Democratic colleagues. He discusses the connection between spending money right. and speech. Right. He discusses corporations no and and okay. how corporations do and should have rights, even though they are not people. You know, oh, well, corporations aren't people, so why do we care if they can't spend money on speech? Just, just right? the idea that this guy doesn't have a chance. Believe me, you put him up against the other rats. You put him up against Chris Crispy. You put him, you know, eater eating. You put him up against any of those guys. He would eat him alive in debates. Right. He would destroy them. On that alone, he might get a nomination. On that alone, if if he gets that far, um, they had no chance against him. Right. He's as sharp as a, as anyone, as any politician but, out there. So think about this. This is Obama and his ilk. They are trying to propose this constitutional amendment by which think, they could think put of the assault and, and what they want to do every is they, level. They, they they want to put reasonable quote reasonable limitations on That's corporations' ability to spend li- money li- on political speech in order to quote influence elections right. Imagine if they got this power and what they would do with it. And so then you start thinking about then you start thinking yeah. about the death panels that we were discussing earlier. And they get away with Obamacare. People now, like now this. they're like, okay, right. okay, what else we got now? But then imagine that people Gun like control, this, free, people, free speech control. people like this are going to decide whether you speech are control. productive, whether you are worthy of medical care. These are evil. And uh, when they start feeling their oats, which is what they're doing now, they start coming out a little more. This guy, Easy Kill, would not have, have probably said this a few years ago. He probably wouldn't have. But now he feels his oats. He's like, you know what? We got away with Obamacare. We're getting away with a whole load here. Uh, we're going to run roughshod over the Republicans. They suck. So what's a, what's a, what, what's the opposition? Some voiceless Americans. So what? Steve over here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio says, Cruz is great. He demolished those 49 Democrats. Steve, did you hear whether any of those 49 Democrats removed their name from the amendment as he asked? Selfishness asks, how much money would he need to run for president? I mean, he'd need well, quite a bit of money. Of money. They all do. And the mm-hmm. fact is, he's the only guy that speaks to us and who speaks our language in Washington. There might be some decent guys there here. And their Rand Paul at times could come off as pr- pretty well, but Cruz is the guy who understands these fundamental issues the way the other guys don't. He's the only one, He's the only guy who could have made that argument. Daniel says it was introduced as an amendment because they couldn't avoid the fact that Cruz was right, that this was, in fact, an amendment to the First Amendment. That's I right. mean, I just, this is where we are. And um, the only guy, you know, the only guy to have the sense, the ability to argue it is Ted Cruz. Would 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 Krispy Kreme, Eater Eating, ever have said anything against that? Now, here's a question. Ever? Um, no. Yeah. No. He probably no. signed into law. You know. You know. Bush. Bush signed in the McCain-Feingold bill. He's right. like, okay, whatever. That's how stupid it was. That's how stupid the Republicans are. It's just corporations spending money. What do you care? I mean, what do you care? And 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 Cruz was so good because he's pointing out all of the liberal corporations: Planned Parenthood, yeah. NAACP, right. PETA. They're all corporations. They're all spending money to engage in political speech. And once we have a government that is able to regulate how corporations engage in political speech, we're toast. 
I mean, and, and that's the point. I mean, think about it. If that's the result, then that's the point. These guys are flat out nihilists, and now they're like, "Oh man, what else are we gonna do now? What else are we gonna do?" I mean, we just and again, they look at Boehner, they look at McConnell, and say, "Run these guys over." What I'd love to know if anybody in the chat room over here could answer this question: How many votes were they away from being able to pass this abomination? Because they know they weren't going to pass it. I mean, Cruz said there wasn't any danger of it actually passing. To see how far they can get away with it, to see, I mean, some of them probably thought they could, but some of them probably didn't, like uh, Reed and the other rats. What I liked about him, too, is that he, okay, he, he pointed out they know it's not going to pass. Nonetheless, they were spending a whole week on it. And it, was, it was deadly important was, to them. Well, and it was the reason it was important to them was as a political stunt to make them look good going into the midterm election. Look, look we and all did. He just called it out. Ed says there was no vote yet. So I'd like to see. I mean, I thought it was just this week and that maybe they would have voted by now. Um, I don't know if they have a tally of what they think the votes are that they're going to get. Are they never going to bring it for a vote? Are they going to pretend that the evil Republicans kept them from bringing it for a vote? <laughs> the chumps. The Chumpicans. I mean, they, well, what they was no it? Nancy Pelosi said that uh, <laughs> if the Republicans gain the Senate, then the world is over yeah, or it's something? Still, it's the end of Western, still, still, Western ISIS, civilization. Nah. Yeah. nah. Ebola? Nah. The Republicans. The Republicans. And, you know, it's all rhetoric. They know the Republicans suck. They know they eat them alive. But they feel for their party to get the vote out. The Republicans, bad. They know that the idiots who vote for them, oh, yeah, red meat. Republicans, bad, good. Thomas over at Facebook. As Roscoe says, Cruz is shady, and I voted for him. Shady. Cruz is shady. Not Obama. Not the Democrat not rats. Not all the other rats. Not, not, not Rand Paul, but Cruz. Cruz is shady. <laughs> what, what is shady about Cruz? Yeah. Go ahead and let us know. You can either call in or you can do yeah, right here in the chat what, room, Roscoe. What's shady? 760 He's a politician. That, like that's it. one mark against him. But in terms of politicians in Washington, I mean, he's the only guy there. Yeah, I, I, def, I definitely would like to know what's uh, shady about Cruz. I'm going to go ahead and answer this call. It is Ed. Hi, Ed. How are you? Tired, Amy. Tired. It's well, thank so you for staying up with us this night. evening. You think I'm not tired? <laughs> <laughs> hey, quick on the on the whole amendment thing. Yeah. The, 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 the left and the Democrats have been pushing to overturn Citizens United for uh, ever since it came down, and Obama, you know, insulted the Supreme Court to their face. Of course. And, the union. Mm-hmm. and so the, the left has put together this amendment, and uh, it was signed on to by all the Senate Democrats, and they decided that they would have a vote on it, um, mainly to appease their base. And so the way the Senate is structured is there has to be a vote first to let it go forward to debate, and then there's a vote to close debate, and then there's a vote to pass. Right. They figured, the, they figured that they would bring it up, the Republicans would shoot it down at the vote to go forward for debate, uh, and then they would go back to their uh, leftist people and say, hey, we tried, right? What happened was the Republicans decided, except for a few people who, who had consciences, they decided to pull a trick. They decided to vote in favor of going forward to debate. And so it went forward by like 79 to 18. And it would make huge, you know, it made huge ripples like, oh, my God, what's going on? But it, 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 it's a ploy because what the Republicans wanted them to do by going forward with, the, 
debate. It's it, by the Senate rules, it forces them to spend like a week debating it. Uh. And the, the week they spend debating this is one week less for Harry Reid to do something bad. So like immigration. Was, or whatever Harry Reid wants to do. You know, he's crazy. So it, it, they kind of, out in trickery and deceit, they kind of outsmarted the Democrats. So it went forward on a, on a, you know, it went forward to debate. And it was during right. that debate that Ted Cruz gave that magnificent uh, speech. But I don't think it's, I think it's been tabled for a while. I don't think they're going to want. I don't think Harry Reid wants to bring it to a uh, a vote, a closure vote for a vote because he never wanted a vote to begin with. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it, it's. I think it's just in limbo um, okay. right now. But at least, it, but at least Cruz, at least Cruz got to make his speech humiliating these people because boy, that is some evil stuff and and such and, evasion, such evasion on their part. And I, I, I gotta, I gotta leave because I gotta go to bed. But Cruz also tonight, uh, voted against, in a very principled way, this crazy bill to arm the Syrian rebels. Uh, good. And, good. and again, there are there are no good guys over there. You know, there oh. aren't any good guys. And so the no, idea I, that we're going to send weapons into this and make, and that will make things better um, is just, you know, is just crazy. And he he took a very principled stand against. Uh, arming the Syrian rebels, so that's in, in two really good things from Cruz in one week. So okay, well, my, I mean this this is choice. wonderful. He's he is the best, and and one Oof. thing I challenge people to do on social media this week, I said, watch this speech from beginning to end. And you know anybody who is dry, describing themselves as conservative, objectivist, or libertarian, you watch this speech about the importance of free speech and and what the Democrats' plan was to to get rid of it. And then you tell me if there's any better candidate for president for 2016 than this guy, right? And so I, I kind of, you know, forestalled debate about it by making them say, you, you know, watch this first. Now, if somebody had come in and said, you know, such and such other person, I would have said, well, did you actually watch it? Because I can't believe that somebody could watch that and say that anybody else out there who's been even thinking of running or people are thinking of getting to run – who could be better? Who could be better than Cruz? I, I couldn't see anybody. But then here's my question for you, Ed, before you can sleep. You cannot sleep until you answer this question. It is, okay. do, you, do you think he has a chance? Um, a lot of bad things happened in this election period. You know, there were a number of uh, good candidates that challenged uh, sitting rhino senators, and the Republican Party rose up as one uh, Republican Party elites rose up as one to crush uh, these challengers, and my guess is that they would rise up to crush Cruz if he if it ever looked like he was getting close. Um, I, I could be wrong. There could be, you know, it, it has happened in the past that a non-establishment candidate has won the nomination. Ronald Reagan was not an establishment candidate, but right. uh, I think I think it's I think it would be really tough. I mean, I, you know, I think it would be tough for him. I don't know who else would the establishment would rally around. I fear that it would be Chris Christie or Jeb Bush. I mean, I heard it was imagine, maybe be Mitt Romney. I heard it might be Mitt can Romney. You, can you imagine how many? I don't think the Republicans would win more than four states if they nominated somebody like Jeb Bush. 
I, I can't even imagine anybody voting for I the think guy. You're right. Exactly. Um, it, it, it's just you know, it's just begging to lose. Um, but yet, I think that's the I think that's the plan. If you if you're a big Republican donor, I think that's the plan. You know, try and get Mitt Romney to run again. Try and get Jeb Bush to come in. He says he's not going to do it, but it's too early for anybody to say yes or no for real. Right. And uh, you know, and of course, there's you know, there's your favorite New Jerseyite there, your favorite candidate. I I, I will say that if Chris Christie is the nominee, your show will be so much more humorous. Um, yeah, but we 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 gain too much weight by all the chocolate. I mean, cause every time we mention them, we have to eat chocolate, right? So. You know, That's we'll true. Being, being in shape, if, exactly. if you're now going to be a, a TV personality, uh, you got you to stay sharp. You know. Well, you know what we can do. That I'll, I'll let you go to bed now, Ed. But then, if it turns out on a future show that we find out that Chris Christie is the candidate, not only will we be eating a lot of chocolate, we'll, date, we'll need okay? to start. Then we'll need to start talking about what will the United States look like if Chris Christie actually became president. Well, it'll be fatter. You know, Don't you know look that. like New Jersey. Do I need to say anything more? Yeah. I lived in New Jersey for six years. I can tell you what it looks like, and it's not pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Take care. Take care. Thanks for calling in, Ed, and thanks for staying up with us. Take care. You know, the point is this, though, with the Republicans, uh, they're not for America. If they were, they'd be rallying behind Cruz. They said, this is the only guy who could – because the left will bring a hardcore, vicious leftist like Hillary Clinton. That's their girl. They'll probably warn them, probably be there. And their thinking is, we need a moderate. No, no, no. You need the real deal to counter the scum on the left. And they don't realize this because they're idiots. But besides that, they also, they don't want someone that they can't control. A Jeb Bush they can control. A Chris Krispy Kreme, you know, Peter Eater Eating they can control. Chris uh, Cruz they can't control. No, Cruz is a wild card. Cruz yeah, so is they, a wild they're like, I don't know about this guy. So let's just hope he's as clean as a whistle because they will try to get dirt on him before the Democrats do. Well, and I'm waiting, right? Repo- who, yeah. Who was, Roscoe said he was, that shady. Cruz was shady. So I would like to yeah, know tell us what, why he's why shady. You what think, is it why you know? think he's shady? And otherwise, Politicians are shady in general. Otherwise, yes. Roscoe, if you don't give us some specifics... Here on Don't Let It Go Unheard, sometimes we actually whip out some philosophy. (laughs) And what I will say is that if you don't give us something about why he's shady, we need some proof, then we need to know if you're just putting arbitrary assertions out there. The arbitrary, as we know, is neither true nor false. It is something that you just kind of put out there without any evidence whatsoever, because and you try to get people to consider, well, maybe it's pot. I mean, Roscoe said that Cruz is shady, so maybe Cruz is shady. Hmm, okay, let's, oh, Cruz might be shady. Hmm, but, shady. And really, what if, you know, if, if you're scrupulous in thinking about these things, you say, look, this guy said he's shady, but he didn't give any evidence. It is therefore arbitrary. I therefore have no duty whatsoever. I have no obligation in Has trying it, to keep my mind connected to Roscoe reality. I'm not going to look up. at that. He's yeah. a little shady, Ro- Roscoe. I mean, he didn't, <laughs> Ed says, oh no, not philosophy. Well, hold on. Roscoe hasn't followed up, so he's a little shady, Roscoe. I mean, he hasn't followed up. We've been asking him, challenging him, why why Cruz is shady, and Roscoe hasn't followed so he's shady. Roscoe. Roscoe's shady. Anyway. Or at least Roscoe's putting forth the arbitrary, which I guess we could call shady. Look, we could call it many other things. He's a politician. And I will disagree with them in certain ways, no doubt, in certain things. Absolutely, and I do. In terms of who is out there as a potential candidate, oh. 
there's nobody better no. today in today's world in today's Washington he's the best and I think he is a fighter I think he, he'll he be willing to take it to guys who are willing well, to take it to him and I mean I would just love to watch him in debates with all of these other I mean, so called Republicans I mean, I mean look that'll be the first time I would truly sit there and probably watch every minute of those debates and tweet about it and just see him how he is on that stage you know before this Emmanuel guy had his yucky story I had been thinking because of Cruz's magnificent speech again go watch it go watch it go watch it but I had been thinking of having a show called Cruz is still the guy it was about a year ago where we said Ted Cruz is the guy guy. he's just the guy he's the guy still the guy still the guy he, still, um, he, he just keeps proving it. Again yeah. and again. So he he's he is the good news of this week, and I'm very happy to hear that he also Excellent. opposed funding any sort of quote arming or training okay, just, of just, Syrian just rebels. One, just one small observation: Muslims Muslims are on a war path against the entire civilized world. Muslims. So we're going to arm Muslims to fight other Muslims as if they really would. I mean, this this is a joke. I'm sorry. I mean, there's one thing to say, okay, when people say, oh, do you want to go to war with all Muslims? No. But I do not want to arm any Muslims. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Especially any kind of organized army group. I don't want to arm them. I'm so sorry. Arming those who who follow a book that says kill the infidels where you find them. Someone's going to call me a racist, right? Because I don't want to arm them. It's just pathetic. You know, again, the whole point is kill those who are killing us and tell the rest. Leave us the hell alone. Kill yourselves. Live in hell, whatever you want, in your hell holes. Leave us alone and keep killing the ones who are killing us. That's it. Let Syria go to hell. Let Iraq go to hell. Let let these countries go to hell. This whole thing. And you know what? Take ISIS out ISIS thing, because again. they're threatening us because they killed Americans. Oh, yeah. Don't wait for Iraq to get their stuff together. And who cares about Iraq? Who cares about the their about the government? Let us go there and kill ISIS for us, not for Iraqis. It's a joke. No, the whole thing, again, was a pretense because Obama didn't get his way last year when he wanted to go after Syria. And so now he's using it as a pretense to do what he wants with Syria. And England is basically... And the House House just rolled over and gave it to him. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They didn't challenge him about the position about... So kudos to Ted Cruz. Now... Can you take another piece of, I mean, this is another piece of hardcore, hardcore bad news this week. And it is a precedent that I hope, I mean, this should be slapped down on the grounds of educational freedom for people in the United States. But here's the headline, and and thanks to Ed for posting this on Facebook. It's from examiner.com. New Jersey homeschool family ordered to follow Common Core. Homeschool family ordered to follow Common Core. Imagine, and this is published September 18th That's an attack. at examiner.com. Imagine the shock, this is the story, imagine the shock a homeschooling New Jersey family felt when they received a notice from the local superintendent of schools that they must adhere to Common Core standards. This is exactly what happened to a Westfield family. They withdrew their child from the local public school. I know Westfield. When they informed the district about their choice to homeschool, a letter was sent home informing them to call the superintendent of schools. The Homeschool Legal Defense Association reported on September 18th that the family was ordered to follow common core standards. 
Scott Woodruff, Senior Counsel for Homeschool Legal Defense Association, responded to the district on behalf of the family. He explained that requirements in the letter sent to the family were in contradiction to current New Jersey homeschool law. Woodruff received a response from the district stating that, quote, should be guided by the New Jersey Common Core Standards. It's going to be a continual problem for New Jersey homeschool families that wish to avoid Common Core-based curriculum and standards, etc. So this is going to have to come before courts. They're going to have to take it, I think, to federal court and talk about the right of individual parents to school the children the way that they see fit. That has to go there. It is unbelievable. Common Core in homeschools. So imagine if it's in homeschools, the type of control that they are going to try to exert also over just private schools, regular private schools. This is homeschools. This is about the most individualized. of the home. That's what they're doing. Anyway, this is this is terrible. So I would say move they to a state. To get away I mean, what you have to do? You have, you have to you have to move to a state that hasn't yet embraced Common Core. Anyway, so this, this and Republicans is, also embraced uh, Jeb Bush. What is a proponent? I mean, you know, again, Core. this is this is the first that I've heard of this. This is the first I've heard of homeschool parents being subjected to Forced. Common Core standards. And again, I mean, everybody knows, I think, probably about Common Core, but Common Core is a curriculum that a federally appointed body came up with. And then they used a whole bunch of carrots to get the states to adopt it on the idea that they wanted to have uniform nationwide standards. And the the Common Core is both substantively bad, as far as we know, a lot of, seen a lot of stories on that, but the whole idea of having the federal government dictate educational standards, having government dictate educational standards at all, is about as evil as it gets. And, and you know, here on this show, I've talked about it many times, I think we should abolish government schools entirely. And if you think that Common Core is the only thing that's the you know the enemy of of good education and you just get rid of common core or even you get rid of the federal department of education you know that that's not going to be enough really common core is just the logical end of a long series of increasing government controls of, over education it's obama core yeah. in essence once you have government provided education then you are going to have quote well meaning bureaucrats say, well, look, the government-provided education over here is not as good as the government-provided education over here. We want everybody to have equal government-provided, so we're going to have a nice big federal bureaucracy to make sure that, quote, no child is left behind. WS is uh, Krispy Kreme, eat or eating. What's he saying on this? You know, I, I don't that know. New we, Jersey, we, we do need to no, ask Ed. You would on imagine, though, you would imagine that they would ask or mention the fact that he's, he's for or against or something. But again, the media is pretty soft on him besides that a Bridgegate thing. Right. Because they want him to be a nominee. They want Hillary to smash him to bits in the election because they know that. He's he's a leftist. He, you know, he pretends to be a, a, a Republican, but he's a leftist. Okay, let's see what we can get on Chris Christie and Common Core. New Jersey parent groups Ed, blast Chris Ed says Christie's he's a Common Core, core as, is the, yeah. as is the other fat guy, Jeb Bush. Yep. Uh, legislator and locals ex- object to Governor Chris Christie's executive order on Common Core education. Executive he had an executive order, order. To eat for dinner, for, for two dinners? Oh, something else. Sorry. 
so there's going to be ch- oh so so they did vote I guess to implement it. Of course, he signed in the law. Then they're going to have changes, um, and it says the tests are going to be administered as planned in the 2014-15 school year. So it's being implemented. Last week, Chris Christie. This is just uh, a little. This is in July of this year. So the the story reported that Chris Christie signed an executive order establishing a commission that will present recommendations for the, quote, volume, frequency, and impact of these Common Core tests. So he's on board, Chris Christie. Plus, he uh, he loves Islam. So as Jeb Bush says, Ed? Yeah. Yeah. We know that uh, Ted Cruz is not in favor of Common Core. No, we know that. But I have seen him in a photo op posing along, quote, charter schools. Right. So, right. Yeah, charter schools. So, yes, charter schools represent less government involvement in education, yes. but to prop up charter schools is to also help prolong government involvement in education. I would just prefer he not Just Ted Cruz, I think you mentioned anything. last week, I never hear him ever praise Islam. Um, even in that speech that he gave, you knew he was suggesting something along, not, not praising, but he wouldn't even name who, who he's talking about, about the ones who may be victims also in the Middle East. Uh, that's important, right? Foreign policy wise, uh, and I don't. Like, he doesn't need to speak the way I do about Islam. Fine, but do not kiss its ass. You know, if he doesn't do that, I'll be very, very happy on that on that level. Because I mean, right now, John Kerry and Obama, what they're saying, every, I mean, every day they feel necessity to come out here and tell us how peaceful it is because someone's being butchered. Ed says that they complain about the testing, but not about the nonsense curriculum. And of course, it's the curriculum that's more important. It De- is. It Debbie is true says, that well, the testing itself also. is evil. I think he is. He is probably a guy who is open to persuasion. A guy who can be reasoned with and said, "Look, here's the argument why you shouldn't even hang out with those. Here's here's the argument why. Who knows if he'd ever go that radical? But you know, eventually, I would hope within several months or a year, we might have enough clout to get Cruz. On this show, yeah. to speak with we us, we have some access to him. We and have this uh, direct access from someone. So, but well, well, we I, have, met, I met him, yeah, but, and I met but we him. have to have enough to entice him. So, yeah. hopefully, we'll be able to get to speak to him. I have tremendous respect for him, but I would also love to talk to him about things that that we, we disagree, disagree about. Exactly, that's and the whole just thing. Just see how he would handle those things and and uh, what he says. He's Let, the guy, but he's dead wrong about certain things. But overall, in terms of uh, again out there, please. There's nobody out there. And it says no politician can get elected yet who is advocating abolishing government schools. Yeah, I mean, so not, chill a little. No, okay, we're not, okay. We're not going there. What I'm saying is he probably wouldn't even go that radical. He probably, he probably doesn't have it in him to, to, to go that far. Mikael is asking here, he says he's read that there's privacy implications with Common Core, too, with the Fed using standardization to make accessing student records stored by the states easier. And I think that that like is true. I, I remember... I remember seeing things about that several months ago in which they were going to collect and store a lot of data about students. But the thing, you know, I want to see what happens with this New Jersey case if it goes to court, if it's challenged, because up until now there's been... It, you know, again, none of nothing, no right is upheld in absolute fashion in American courts no. now. But nonetheless... Still, a lot of freedom uh, for parents to individually design a curriculum in a home school. I mean, think about this. Think about you are 
New Jersey taxes are really bad. They're some of the worst in the country, and the property taxes, which I yes. believe go to fund the schools, are huge yes. in New Jersey. So imagine you're paying all this tax. You believe so strongly that you want to have control over your children's education that you nonetheless you're continuing to pay the taxes, you're living in New Jersey, and you're going to homeschool your kids. That's a huge, expensive venture to do. And then they're still going to tell you that you have to apply the lousy, horrible standards in the government schools that you're not using, that you're paying for. This has to hit Fox News. Those parents got to go all over the place. Make some noise. Make some serious noise. We're trying to make some noise now here on Blog Talk Radio. Those who want to call in can call 760-888-5817. 760-888-5817. Ed brings up a good point here in the chat room. Hey, uh, Barack Obama's school transcripts and That's records, right. they're very private. Why aren't yeah, ours? Yeah. No yeah. privacy for us. Nope. Privacy for Barack Obama only. Now listen to this, Bosch. I hardly ever bring up Biden myself. But this story I couldn't resist this week because mm-hmm. Biden made a comment yes, about some Shylock. Yes, yes, he did. And does. just this week in my law and literature class, we finished reading Merchant of Venice, right. in which you know perhaps one of the most compelling characters in all of Shakespeare, Shylock, or at least in the comedies, is Shylock, and and he was uh, center stage. So Biden made a slur about Shylock. Vice President Biden acknowledged using a, quote, poor choice of words after referring to bankers that exploit U.S. troops as Shylocks. Yep. Vice President used the term during a talk Tuesday to a nonprofit. Well, I'm just for regular, he, he's a racist. I mean, he has said things about Indians. He says you can't walk into a 7-Eleven without an Indian accent. Huh? Am I right? Am I right? He's looking at an Indian guy. He said about, I think Barack Obama, I think it was him, that he's clean cut, he's, he is different, basically different than your average black politician. You know, he's a little more white, let's say. That's what he was trying to suggest. He's a piece of crap. But again, no one gets outraged. Why? Because he's an imbecile. They're like, oh, Biden? Biden, isn't he, isn't he retarded? No but, no, but that's what they say. So no, it, the, the right will try to make some hay out of it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to go over. It's not going to, tra- you know, it won't. Some people took it, exception, took offense, but the media, to them, it's it's workable. It's it's Joe. It's Joe. You know, Joe's an idiot. We all know that. You know what I mean? Everyone expects him to say something stupid, so, you know, it's expectations. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he, I wrote this one thing. I said, you know, uh, what was it? Go, don't go Joe, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't go full Joe. Yeah, or, yeah. Don't yeah. go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you also had that other one, wasn't it? Like stuff Joe says, or I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. yeah, it was a crap Joe. Joe says. I mean, he's maybe I'll I'll read some because he's really stupid. He's very stupid. It it just got me this week. I mean, here no, he no, is. No, 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 flapping not, his mouth. No, off I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dismissing it. If he was uh, an actual, you know, respectable politician, he probably would get a lot more heat. But he's not. No one respects him. He's joke Biden. Joke Biden. Here's the the quote. Um, he said something like, uh, "These Shylocks who took advantage of these women and men while overseas." Shylocks. Never go. Never go full Joe. That's I mean, was. think about this. These are these are just bankers in Wall Street. You know, clo- foreclosing on bad loans or something. 
he calls him Shylock. Shylock and the Merchant of Venice was actually seeking to get a pound of flesh from the Merchant Antonio. And instead of taking his money back, which he was offered double the amount of money, in the court in Venice, he was trying to say, no, I insist on the pound of flesh that I'm promised in the language of the bond. (laughs) I will have my bond, he says. And this is the person to whom Biden, our vice president, is comparing modern bankers who simply want to do a foreclosure on a loan to sell a house. That is ridiculous. So anyway, I just thought I would point that out. just more than a poor choice of words. Here, here's a here's a bad legal ruling. Here, here's a quote by, by Joe Biden. He says, "My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president." That's what he said. That's a joke, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> He's really, really bad. Yeah, and, and again, Obama picked him to not have a vice president. That's it. He says, "I don't want a vice president, but I have to have one." So let me take this joke. Come here. Hey, Joe. You know, he doesn't challenge him. He does nothing. He has lunch with him, whatever. Let's talk about a stupid court decision in the state of Texas, which you just visited last week. Yeah. So you are the cause. Of and, this. and the weather was great, by the way. You know, I just thought about the weather <laughs> because I thought of blaming you for stuff about it, Texas. And then I thought about 60, the weather. It was 60, 70 degrees. Yeah. Beautiful. And here it was a over breeze. 100. Here it was over 100. I actually slept for nine and a half hours one night, which was... Unbelievable. So, I, mean, I, I can't remember the last time I did that. It was great. The weather was great. It was. Uh, and here it was over a hundred. It was. I think it. I think the appearance was good. We'll anyway, see. Let me tell you where Texas got it wrong this week. Texas court throws out a quote upskirt photo law. Listen to this. The state's highest criminal court on Wednesday tossed out part of a Texas law banning quote improper photography or visual recording which would be surreptitious images acquired in public for sexual gratification, often called upskirting or downblousing, as a violation of federal free speech rights, an improper restriction on a person's right to individual thoughts. Okay, so this court says you cannot be prohibited (laughs) from taking photos of other people and their body parts. Because if you were prohibited from taking photos of other people and their body parts, that would infringe on your free speech rights or on your ability to think freely. Who's making this argument in this case? Someone in the highest criminal court in Texas. The lowest, you said? I got to talk to Cruz about this. Like, say, Cruz, okay, I'm all in favor of you talking up Texas. Texas is cool in many ways. But here's one of the ways in which Texas is just baz backwards because how in the world does my ability to take a photo of your body parts have anything to do with my free speech? I say, okay, Bosh, pull down your pants. I'm going to take a picture, and that's part of my right to free speech. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of ladies here at Blog Talk Radio that are thinking, yeah, I want that photo. But Whoa. <laughs> okay. But imagine, there are women all the time. These per, these pervert guys, they'll they have the right go like, to, you know, at escalators yes, and stuff like yes, this. Yes, and they'll right. They have a quote right to do this as part of free speech. When is it part of expression 
to use other people's body parts against their will? I mean, this is this is. Uh... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, by the same thing. If, if 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 I decided, okay, now now I'm going to get really crazy. Are you are you are you, are you are you ready for this? Flash? This is part of it being an evening show, okay? So I'm going to say, okay, well, you know, I'm a performance artist, and for part of my performance art, Bosch, I think you'll have to appear in your underwear. In I'll just be make it a little cleaner. Um, in your underwear in a shop window at a shopping mall, say in Beverly Hills or something, and you have to, I don't know, put an iPhone on your shoulder and appear in your underwear and sit there. And what what do you mean you refuse to do it? You don't want to stand there for hours in your underwear being gaped at and having the sun beat down on you and you're going to get sunburn on your skin, right? Um, You don't want to, no, but my free speech rights say that I can, you know, use your body. Now, they're going to say, okay, well, look, these ladies, they were out in public, and from certain angles, you could see certain things, so therefore, but, you know, my my thought has always been, the fact that I have appeared at a certain place. As not asleep, and he's writing. Uh, what, is, what is he saying? I don't know. Uh, he says, no, the law banned essentially all photography of other people. It was overbroad. Is this an old story, or what's? No, this is a brand new okay. story, September 17, 2014. Okay. So maybe it was overbroad, but I, I if if wait wait, wait. It, was under, it was underbroad. What do you mean? It wasn't overbroad. <laughs> it was underbroad. Oh, okay. it was <laughs> underbroad, not overbroad. <laughs> anyway, it was both over and underbroad. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> under and overbroad. <laughs> that's bad. Actually, that's quite good. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and who knows? We could actually read the law and say that it's overbroad and underbroad, <laughs> but. They're saying that photos are inherently expressive, but I, 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 I st- here, here's the thing: I, 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 I don't think I have the right to do this. I don't think that you yeah, have a free speech no, right to photograph don't. other people. No, you don't, especially in the kind of area where, okay, free speech, right? It's ridiculous. I mean, the fact that you have appeared somewhere at a certain place in time doesn't mean that you have agreed to no. have your appearance. Be displayed at another place that, that, at another time. That's not freedom. That's that's what I mean. These people, the behind right. the they have well, taken. you know, and, and part of this, part of this, of course, I mean, well, actually, a lot of this is due to the fact that there's so much public land, yes. right? So, right, right, right. in in a proper society, there would be all private property except for maybe courthouses and various, right. you know, select government spaces, and there would be strict rules, you know, telling you or at least there'd be some sort of rules about what goes on in different places. Okay, well, if you go to this place, you are going to be photographed, so just be prepared. We have a right to... It says in public, you have the right to, Yeah, you don't have the right to go under someone's pants, someone's dress, take a picture of I mean, It's just... Please, man, it's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. This idea that you uh, you have the freedom to do that, and, and that right will be defended to death. It's like, uh, no, actually, No. You don't have the right to do that. That's ridiculous. That's not freedom. Under That's an invasion. Upskirting or down blousing is free speech. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, maybe the law itself was not tailored properly. And again, while we have public places where basically anything goes except for what is prohibited in the law, you're going to have to have laws that are clearly drawn. But if you had a law that 
clearly said no upskirting or down blousey, and somebody said, no, that interferes with my right to free speech. I mean, that is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Imagine the kind of uh, green light these perverts would would have. I mean, Here, here's, here's a question. If you were a photographer, Bosch, and you went out there, and you know you don't want to upskirt or down blouse because you're a nice guy, but... Am I? I've never been accused of being a nice guy, but go on. Well, you'd be nice about that at least, right? <laughs> Joking. So... <laughs> You go out there and you see, I don't know, you know, like a couple or something, and they just look really cute. No, no, no. They're not doing anything wrong. It's not like that lady who had sex in public the other last week. Who uh, bitched about it and lied. They're they're sitting at a little publicly accessible cafe, you know, out on the, you know. That lady got got caught having sex and then cried racism. But go on. Yeah, yeah. But they they look cute, and you decide you want to take a photograph of them. If you were going to take a photograph of them and use it for any purpose, or even if you could take a photograph, don't you think you would ask permission? Yes. I mean, you know, if you're out there and you happen to catch people in the background, like you're at Disneyland and you're taking a picture of your friend. I'm taking a picture of someone, and you know, people are watching. I'm like, I hope they don't think I'm taking a picture of them because I'm not. Right. Right. You got to be conscious about that. I mean, I wouldn't want to be taken from some stranger for any reason. I, I just wouldn't. And whether they have the right to to take a shot, maybe they want something else behind me, whatever. I just don't like that. And I'm a little overly conscientious sometimes about it. I'm like, well, all those people don't think I'm taking a picture of them because I'm not. But yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, but I mean the point is is that you would ask permission Absolutely. If to, you want to use a picture. Yes. And then, any, and then yeah. let them say yes or no. Then that's up to them. Right. right. They have the freedom to tell me or not. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's a right in the fact that it's so-called public land. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, um, you know, again, what you think about is what are you consenting to when you are out there? Now, if I walk into a grocery store and I've got those stupid pink foam rollers in my hair, you know how some women, I, you know, I, I lived in Texas actually for a few years, and I lived in Texas when it was in the fashion to wear those huge wings in your hair, right? Like the... Like Farrah Fawcett yeah, right, type, right, right, but right. different. Uh, what was the word? It was, it was wings. A, I guess. Wings. I think okay. wings. Feathers. Feathers, Feathers or wings, Feathered right? Feathered hair, yeah. Okay. So uh, my, my hair was bored straight at the time, and I would, you know, use curling iron, do whatever. A lot of girls, what they would do is they would wear the rollers on their head all the way on the school bus, all the way to school. <laughs> And then the Pop camp, off. the campuses in Texas were fully enclosed. So you go straight from the bus into the very first bathroom, and then you take the rollers out of your hair, and you comb your hair out, and you put the hairspray on it. And then because you were inside in climate control all day, hopefully your hair would stay. That was the idea. But the point was is that in Texas, a lot of women would go around with – so if I go into a store or a school bus or whatever, and I, I can't have people not look at me. I can't go in there and say – Oh, don't look at me! Don't look at me because I'm there. Absolutely right. But, You're in place, but yeah. the fact that I'm there and I've implicitly, if not explicitly, consented to be looked at in this place doesn't mean that I have consented to be looked at at another time and place. Morally speaking, you just you haven't. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you can't expect the people there to not look at you and to turn away. You could ask them, right? You know, some people like. You're in a bathroom where the stall isn't working or whatever. Probably you say, okay, can you, you know, turn your back and stand in front? Or you know, people are nice; they'll do these things, right? But uh, by the way, I had a friend that went to China, and they told us the most <laughs> horrible things about the public uh, restrooms in China. But we'll just terrible. It came to mind. I'm going to leave it out of my head right now. But in any event, the point is, is that while you, you know, people look at you when you're out there, they don't 
have the right to take a picture of you. They just don't. And they certainly don't have a right to take a picture up your skirt or down your blouse to expose to their... How did they say it? They said you are interfering with their free speech. Improper (laughs) restriction on on the right to... Their individual now, thoughts there's a pervert who's, and their free speech. There's a pervert right. who's saying this, right? There's a pervert who practices every day angles. I have no idea. Anyway, I I think it's a, a wrong ruling, but it, you'd have to say again what is the what is the Ed, actual uh, text of the way, legislation? Ed, Ed, who who's not asleep? It just uh, put how could anyone be able to take a picture of Disney? Yeah, my point is I don't like it, but if you're in a public place, it is what it is. Especially if not take take a picture of you directly. If someone comes up to me, I want to take a picture. Of you. I say, well, you I don't want to. I said then we can have a little argument, whatever. But if I'm in a big in a place like Disneyland, let's say someone's taking a picture of something over my head, or I happen to be in a picture, it is what it is. You know, what's nice when you go it, when you go to a gathering of objectivists or other people who have respect for rights. Like they'll actually ask you yes. permission. Yes, Can I will. take your picture? And that's always nice. Yeah. Or you know, I, I've I've gone to events and you sign a consent at the beginning. You agree to be photographed or yeah. recorded for this. Okay, that's fine. Right. But as long as we know what we're dealing with, and I I just don't think the fact that you walk into a particular place at a particular time gives, gives them the permission to therefore reproduce your appearance at another place and another time automatically. Right. Uh, the the it just morally it, it doesn't practically yes they can take these photos but it's terrible let's give some good news Rem- what's that well remember the the no, bad what's good news oh what's good news we have some good news sometimes sure. and, and we and we have to cling to it with all we can remember that there were groups at Yale University who wanted to keep Ian Hersiali out. The Muslim Students Association, yes. plus some other groups, including yes. I believe a Jewish group, including an atheist class, yeah. you know, humanist yeah. group. They didn't want Ayan Hersiali to come speak, but it turns out that when she did go finally speak, she wasn't deterred. Thankfully, uh, she was met with a standing ovation yes. at Yale University. And she's this, a very soft-spoken critic of Islam. She's not uh, out there. I mean, she doesn't say the, the, the things that I say, but she's still a critic. Who does say the things that you say? I don't know. I was just told that the old day also. So, well, you're, you know, that's you. I'm like, yeah. Anyway. But anyway, she's a great critic of Islam. And she mm-hmm. suffered through it. This is from truthrevolt.org. Despite a dishonest attempt by Yale Muslim Students Association to to sabotage a scheduled lecture by women's rights activist Ayan Hirsi Ali, the event took place Monday evening absent of conflict. On the contrary, Hirsi Ali was met with a standing round of applause at the end of the evening. So I think that's it's just wonderful to see something turn out well. And for her to get the respect. Plus, you know, what happened in Brandeis when she was rejected? Now Yale had to say, okay. Because that could have started a precedent, you know, and it didn't. She went to Yale. Next stop, you know, whatever, Harvard or wherever else, you know, that she wants to go. But yeah, she's uh, she has tempered her language at times, which I'm not crazy about. She sometimes uses radical Islam and whatnot, which she never did before. Maybe that's how she gets into these talks, but I just would never compromise my language. If if, if they say, well, you, you can't say this, well, I, I won't be on. This show, they allow me to say whatever I wanted to say that I was on, right. which I really, really appreciate. And we'll see the, the end uh, video, but, right. you know, it's, it's great. I felt totally at ease, totally free to say whatever I want to say. And, I, you know, I'm not going to say, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and, 
you know, go half cocked and say some stupid stuff, but just tell tell the truth in as direct way as I can. Ed over here in the chat room is talking about the Texas case again. He says it was not about commercial rights, just random photos of human beings, including the upskirts, which we all agree should be illegal. So if the if the law was overbroad or underbroad, <laughs> overbroad, overbroad, underbroad. If it was overbroad, then indeed it should be recapitulated uh, and put out there because yeah. I I think it's definitely important to that's the, that's pr- prohibit that. And you know what we can do in the meantime. Unfortunately, all we can do in the meantime, while there is all this public land is have well-drawn laws that tell us what we're able to do. But what would be ridiculous is to say that my free speech rights (laughs) require being able to take pictures of your body. (laughs) That is just insane. And and I I think it's as much true for your face as anything else. You know, actors suffer through this, you know, big time. They, They really do. You know, they they get chased after in you know, all kinds of positions, and who knows? I mean, they take close-up shots of certain angles and certain body parts. It's ridiculous. They just happen to draw more attention they when they go out know, there in those public spaces. And they said, yeah, they, hey, hey, they they asked for it. They didn't ask for that. The right to photograph is a common law right developed over 150 years. Well, oh well. I think it's wrong. I do think it's wrong. I think I think that the moral right should be with the person who's being photographed. And we can set up, you know, defaults for private spaces. But I, I would say it's the landowner. He asks in a different uh, line here at the chat room at Blog Talk Radio, how would anyone be able to take a picture at yeah, Disneyland? Disneyland, the default would hold be on. if you come in, there's going to be photographs yeah. taken here. Just yes. get you used know to it. You know it. Is he sleep texting, Ed? Because he, 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 he was going to sleep. Yeah, he's, he said was. <laughs> I guess he sleep takes pretty good. I mean, John, pretty, John uh, says, John says, clear. can they take photographs up my kilt? <laughs> John, do you wear kilt? <laughs> I know that what's his name, Stephen Cruiser, is in favor of no pants, but does that mean kilts? Maybe. Maybe. Kilts are big right now. Scotland. Yes, yeah, right. Scotland that's right. That's right. is still part of England, though. Yes. You know, I, I was wondering if Scotland chose to still remain part of the UK because um, the princess. Well, future, yeah, Prince, uh, Kate Middleton. She announced her impending second child, right? She's pregnant again. And she announced this just in the couple weeks prior to the vote. And I was wondering if they were trying to just kind of get the Scottish people a little bit nostalgic for what is actually a wholesome, good example of so called royalty, right. UK royalty. Maybe it worked. And maybe I don't know. I, people were surprised because they, I think they thought that Scotland was going to vote right. to yeah. no longer be part of UK. Right. But I guess it didn't happen. What about photographing crimes in progress, or is that lifeboat ethics? Yeah, I, I would say um, you wouldn't have a right to not be photographed if you're committing a crime. There's a lot of things that you would end up giving up at that point. <laughs> Ed says he's texting on Ambien, so it's going to start getting very weird soon. Okay, we're looking forward I- to that, Ed. I think it started it. <laughs> so should we even talk about any more bad news or are we done with bad news for the evening? Because the, the last bit of bad news, again, go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com to look at links to all the stories that we have and will speak about this evening. But the last one I have here for the bad news is Obama plans to tightly control strikes on Syria. I mean, this is, you know, the 
commander-in-chief equivalent of governing by executive order. Mm. I don't know of a president who has done this before. Listen to the level of control that this, I was going to say man. Mm. <laughs> I was yeah, going to say that not. this man plans to exert, but I think man is just yes. some that the tired me. What, what what would I call him? Peace. Yeah. Um, so, this is a Wall Street Journal story that I found today. It says um, the, the they, U.S. military campaign. They suck, by the way. Wall Street ab- Journal. About ISIS, about other mm-hmm. things. They really do. Well, then you will not like this story. Yeah. The U.S. military campaign against ISIS, uh, excuse me, Islamist, Islamist they, they, they militants. Yeah. It's Islamic State. Islamist militants oh in Syria. God is being designed to allow President Barack Obama to exert a high degree of personal control, going so far, listen to this, going so far, as to require that the military obtain presidential sign-off for strikes in Syrian territory, officials said. So in order to do strikes there, they have to get the sign-off from him. So he's going to be on the golf course. I assume. Yes. His Blackberry, yes. I guess. Blackberry, he has a Blackberry. Yes. He's gonna have an app on his Blackberry yes. Yes. and they're gonna tell him, you know, uh, okay, we're thinking of doing this. Yeah. So This is sick. Yeah. I mean this is sick. I mean, first of all, he's an anti war guy for, for decades. I mean it's been bad enough. And that's why they didn't even call it war. I mean, think about this. They have had in the past trained oh. lawyers accompanying military units and telling them when they can and cannot strike certain Under targets. Bush, the same crap. So Under now Bush. we have an untrained lawyer once, who's on the yes. golf course. Once again, there was and he's going to tell them strike or don't strike the targets in Syria? Post 9-11, there was like 50 or 60 Taliban scum at a funeral for another scum, right? And our, our soldiers saw them. And they had to call in to Washington. Washington said, nah, don't take him out. No, I don't think so. Because they're sitting there with their, you know, stuffing their stuffing their faces with lobster, drinking, right? Happy hour. They're like, ah, I don't really feel good about uh, killing people while I'm eating. No, but no, but that's the rationale, probably. Like it wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be a nice guy if I let that happen. I like Ad's name for the Islamic State people. He calls them say, let's call them Islamic statists, which is right. Yeah, I think that's true. Oh, LBJ did that, says John Kenny. So hey, LBJ hey, did that. Hey, hey, LBJ, how many babies did you kill today? <laughs> but um, I remember uh, uh, John. John says he wants to call and warn ISIS before any strikes. Hmm. I mean, ISIS right now knows what we're doing. They know. They know what we're not doing. They know that we're not at war. They know that you know. They just know that they have a chump, and they're gonna keep killing. And they're gonna, they're gonna survive Barack Obama well, like like like. And now our House of Representatives is funding the arming and training yes. of some Muslims that we know nothing about. Over lush Lush Banner is like mm-hmm. whatever man. And then he got this uh, piece of crap Kerry. He's uh, he's uh, at the Capitol Hill, and uh, some Republican was half-assed challenging him about. You know what we're dealing with here, and you couldn't deal with. It. I mean, just again, I said out there the old days. If you're going to talk about Islam, if you're going to write about Islam, study Islam, read about Islam. Don't go half-assed. Right. Anyway, this guy's trying to challenge him, and he can't do it because he's not equipped. So then John Kerry says uh, at one point he goes, "This is actually, I think, I, last year. I know that Islam is not represented by a lot of jihadists and others. I know it's a beautiful religion. Beautiful religion." 
You know, he goes, Islamic State is the enemy of Islam. This is John Kerry with a Q. It's Q E R R Y. He also said the U.S. shouldn't compound the sin by allowing them to get away with calling themselves the Islamic State. That's why I made this post. I said from the State Department to the Islamic State Department. You have an imam, John Kerry, presuming to know what Islam is and telling true hardcore believers, no, nah, you're not following your religion. Why? Because if I was to accept that you were, then we got a real problem. We have to do something about it. No, but their, their whole thing is to save them from having to do these terrible things. Because once our government you know, is, is, is not allowed to say Islam is peace anymore, they're going to have to take out the enemy in a way that they don't want to, where they have no choice. Because right now they want to say they, they want to pretend it's some small minority of extremists, not that. But imagine this: he's got to give his okay. I just this and is unheard of. He's in our time zone. This is unheard of. They're in their time zone. Unheard of. So they're I just going to wait till know, he wakes up. I know Bush was pathetic, but at least that's, that's sometimes he allowed our, our guys to do certain things, uh, and I don't think he ever ever controlled on that level. This is a piece of crap. There's some sort of secret, private, classified executive order signed by Hegel, and, you know, Obama's going to have control. Where Unacceptable. He, yeah, day-to-day control over Unacceptable. this. Unacceptable. I mean, this is, this is just truly unbelievable. And the fact that the yeah, House... It says, okay, that, 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 that's what he's saying. I thought he was um, under Ambien and he was writing some stuff, but he said LBJ did the same thing. Yeah. And what happened in, in that war? You know. And, you know. and he says, oh, we're not going to be involved in a combat mission. It's not a combat mission, but it's just going to be, I guess, airstrikes. And, um, Look, Obama cannot get away with not doing anything against ISIS because Americans wouldn't have it. So he's like, okay, I'm going to try to do the least possible damage I can against these guys and maintain my power. Listen, listen, listen to this. The White House said Wednesday that placing U.S. advisors alongside frontline Iraq troops isn't the equivalent of sending in ground troops. Because they're just advisors. Josh Ernest, the White House press secretary. Are they, wait, are they floating on the air, our, our soldiers? Are, no, yeah. no, no, do they have some backpacks that are, make them float above the air <laughs> a few inches? Because, you know, boots on the ground, right? So they're floating. They're so there's no boots. Boots off the ground. Okay, awesome. Okay. I like it. Uh, General Dempsey would bring any request for such deployments of U.S. advisors to the president should he consider that necessary. The president said that he would consider it on a case-by-case basis. So, you know, the whole thing is classified. We're not going to know, oh, but if it's advisors, it's not the same as having them in a combat mission, even though they're in the front lines, side by side. Let me think about what he's saying about what he Mm -hmm. thinks about American life and and our our safety and security. Doesn't give a rat's ass. It's just, it's just so obvious. It's naked. Even in this level, he can't even muster up some kind of, uh, you know, decency to say, you know what, we've got to take these guys out. Guys, generals, whatever you got to do. I don't want to know about it. Just take them out. He won't even give them that. Here's the Wall Street Journal description of what the House of Representatives voted for. They approved a measure to train and arm Syrian rebels in the first broad test of congressional sentiment about President Obama's plans to expand U.S. military engagement. So here we are. People who support Obama say, you know what, you got to give it to him. you got to give him what? Now, here, here's the question again. So everything that we have seen that's been horrible has been going on in Iraq. 
Yes. And yet we're doing it in Syria? Yes, because Obama has that something about Syria. That's something, something. It's that suit-wearing guy. He wants to get suits out of uh, the Middle East. He wants to get these. He wants to get only guys with robes and turbans on because that's real Islam. He can't wear a, a suit and tie and be a, a real Muslim, according to him. Who knows? Something as pathetic as that? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, that is the last of our bad news for this evening. And obviously we'll continue to watch it develop as and when they're going to give us information because the order that is actually describing what they're going to do, other than we know that he's got all this control over it, is classified, an executive order that's classified. Also, this uh, broad coalition, you know, who are they? England's out, German, Germany's out. Mark Levin, was talk, Mark Levin was talking about it the old day. He goes, that's uh, classified. He, he was saying that as a joke. But this idea that we need anyone to take care of ISIS for ourselves, and also this idea that Iraq has to really get together and take care. No, no, no. They killed two Americans. They cut their heads off. We have every right to go there and annihilate them. And he's trying to pretend that there, we need some other kind of justification. No, not at all. So here's a little bit of consolation for the Air Force, which I assume is heavily involved in this new non-war yeah. war. No, no, they're uh, moving parts. They called it. It's moving parts. It's uh, counterterrorism. Counterterrorism mm-hmm. mm-hmm. contingency moving parts thing. We're advisors. Yes. Yeah. Even even though we're on the front lines with them, we're just advisors. It's it's not really like combat troops. It's not like sending people into combat because they're, they're just advisors. I just you know the, mm-hmm. the one thing about these these guys of Bush and Obama, both of them knew that they couldn't get away with not doing anything. So there's still that fear on their part for the wrath of the American people. Well, and, and Obama, I mean, excuse me, Bush did the same thing. So oh, we had did. the Taliban in Afghanistan, and he goes to Iraq. <laughs> yes. So we have ISIS in Iraq, and Obama goes to Syria. And so, where was Osama bin Laden in Pakistan for a decade? So it's like a weird transitive property of non-equality. So Afghanistan equals Iraq equals Syria. You know what? It's funny, though. Uh, Bush had had this hard on for Iraq. Obama's got it for Syria. Mm -hmm. Can can someone get it for Iran, for uh, for the Saudis, please? Is Syria the enemy of the Saudis? Well, yeah, they're, I think, linked with uh, Iraq and the Shia. I don't know. I, because if Syria, I'm not, I'm not, if I'm Syria sure. is the enemy of the Saudis, Iran and, I could uh, and the Saudis do not like each other. You got the Shiites and the Sunnis, and it might be a mixture in uh, in Syria. Maybe, maybe. But Syria is be- remember be- the, remember without, the, the Saudis paid for Obama's education. Yes, yes okay. they did. There. Yes, they did. So I'm just trying to connect dots here. But we, yes, we can they talk. Did. And we this can... guy fessed up about it, and this well-respected guy fessed up about it. He said it right. And then the media, uh, he's, you know, he's old, you know, he uh, he doesn't really. Well, as Emmanuel would say, he's yes, old, he yes, doesn't really know what exactly. he's talking about. He's, no, yeah. he was great until that moment, until mm-hmm. he outed Obama as being paid and bought and sold by the Saudis. He said, uh, uh, he's just too old, you know, he must, you know, he must be mistaken. Syria equals Iran, Saudi equals ISIS. Why would Saudis fund Obama's education? Because they saw something in him and said, this guy is... Um, a good weapon, you know, within. France is in, so we won't lack for white flags, <laughs> says Ed in the chat room over here. That's right. <laughs> I think we are starting to get some good ambient affected Ed <laughs> here in the chat room at Block Talk Radio. 
So here's the Air Force. You're supposed to be bad, though. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Huh. <laughs> here's the Air Force's consolation prize. Their consolation prize is that even though they're being sent on some weird mission where Obama, while on the golf course, is dictating their every move. I just. Can we make a cartoon out of that? Yes. Obama's got some little BlackBerry well, device. I made or something, this cartoon. I said, you and know, I, he's telling I, the Air yeah. Force what to do while I, they're waiting over and there. Then, and then, and then he says something. He goes, "Go!" And then he's talking about the golf, and they actually bomb something. He said, "No, I, I meant for the, you know, for his caddy." Yeah. Right. Or or four, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, you want us four, to hit four? four ball, okay, right. here we go." <laughs> no, but uh, I have this one cartoon where uh, you know I said, "Here's Barack Obama before a beheading of an American. He's playing golf." Right. In the same shot, here's a Barack Obama right, you know, after the beheading. It's the same shot. Looks the same. Yeah. yeah. You know, it is what it is. He's like, whatever, man. No, no biggie to him. So you want to hear <sighs> Constellation Prize? Yeah. I know you're excited to hear yeah. this because now we've put it off like yeah. a couple times here. <laughs> the Air Force will now allow airmen to omit the phrase, so help me God, from their enlistment yes. oath. So if you good. are an atheist, good, good, good. you can take an enlistment oath. Oh, yeah, we knew that that was probably going to be the case. I remember the the story a few weeks ago. They were going to have to sue for this, but it says after this guy's joining the force, he's going to jeopardize his, his life, and they say no, uh, uh, uh. If you don't swear if you don't to help say me that, God, you can't do what? it. After an airman was unable to complete his reenlistment because he omitted the part of a required oath that states, so help me God, the Air Force changed its instructions for the oath. Following a review of the policy by the Department of Defense General Counsel, the Air Force will now permit airmen to omit the phrase, should they so choose. Change is effective immediately. Good for you, Air Force, because religious belief should not be a prerequisite. Now, I would say that if there are people who believe religions that are inimical to our country uh, when we are at war, maybe that should be relevant. But otherwise, where you do not have any indication that the religious belief is relevant to ability to do job loyalty to the United States, nothing, it just shouldn't. And I don't don't think they should have to help me God as part of the oath anyway. But certainly you should be uh, exempt if you want to. So bravo, to Good. them for doing something right. And, I mean, they have to. Right now it looks like they're going to need people to help them. As I mean, Obama's like, oh, look at these toys I got. I'm just, like, you know, controlling these Air Force planes from just, over I here on the golf course. It's very hard to believe. I know it's true, but this guy just, every day he reminds you he's just a piece of crap. Someday we're going to hear the kind of judgment calls that he makes. Where he says, okay, don't get that no. target because there's like we're one little kid, even though guy. it's like a high-value ISIS person. Eventually, we're right? going to find out, however bad we think he is today, we're going to find out this guy was, I mean, just, I don't know, his past. People people will be willing to speak at a certain point. They will at a certain point. They 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 feel a need to. People who were with him in the past and with him now. And the truth will get out about this guy eventually. Now they're talking about combat rations that the the French are going to make great combat rations. And John Roberts says white or red wine with those MREs for the French. <laughs> what kind of wine are they drinking? I think our guys are going to want to drink some wine over on these missions. But anyway, uh, Ed suggests that we could have the oath say, "So help me, my rational self-interest," which I think would be. Nice. So help me my sovereign reason. 
Craig says that Assad and company are Alawites, which is a minor sect associated with the Shia and therefore in conflict with the Sunni and the Saudis. That's mm-hmm. yeah. So. That's why they're in bed with, with Iraq also. So, Obama wants to take out Assad, maybe, as a favor to the Saudis who helped possible. him get there. It's very, very possible. And uh, he's very high, you know, he's very, very respectful of the Saudis, as as were the Bushes, as were probably every last president in the last century. Disgusting. These guys, imagine how many politicians they own across the planet. The, the House Saudis. right now, apparently. They own the House. politicians. But maybe not Ted Cruz? Maybe not, maybe not Ted Cruz. They own Bush. They own his father. We're gonna, we'll, Fifteen of nineteen hijackers. Thank you, Craig, for adding that. Because Twenty-eight pages of I the nine eleven report that uh, Bush redacts. Yeah. To cover. When is that coming out? It's it's. Remember that one story? Yeah, we saw, we heard a story. It's going to come out soon. It seems like that, when? that story dies for months or a year, and then something comes out again. Eventually, it will. The truth will out, and then history will be see even Bush as worse than he was. I couldn't see Obama letting it come out because it's the same. No, no, he wouldn't yeah. do that. But something somehow, eventually, I think it, the truth will come out. Those have to be unclassified. We have to know. And I remember uh, on PBS post 9-11, some government piece of crap was saying that we knew, we know there are two countries involved, but that won't come out for 20 years. I remember him saying that and sitting there in shock. And the guys taking it in like it's the given. I, I think they were working together on that. It's Iran. It's Saudi Arabia. The two greatest state sponsors of terrorism on earth. Of course, they're intimately involved with that. Of course, they were. And Bush is covering for the Saudis and maybe some Iran there also. But um, And this is probably, it's also at the Saudis' behest that they are talking about ISIS having nothing to do with Islam. Oh, yeah, because, well... The Saudis came out, you know, the king came out, ah, oh, these guys are terrible, really. And e- even Bill Maher brought it up. They beheaded at least 19 individuals last month in Saudi Arabia, the way ISIS beheads people. They commit all kinds of crimes against uh, Muslims, non-Muslims, and uh, for all the reasons. The same reason that, uh, that ISIS does it, because well, they're not legitimately Muslim. I've, I've heard insanely horrible stories, and I don't want to get back onto that because okay. it would go back to the negativity again, but the the stories about how women can be treated in Saudi Arabia, horrific. We'll just leave it at that. Let's end on another positive note. Now, we do not have an iPhone 6 in our hands right now. We do not. We are deprived. I heard that the launch today was insane and awesome. Some people over here in the chat room of Blog Talk Radio were saying, uh, actually, was it it was was Daniel. Was it a madhouse? I mean, I, I hope it was. He, I love that. He, I think he said he's in Boston, so I'm not sure if he's going to be able to still try to uh, he's asleep. When, I remember when the iPad came out, went in there, and, and you know the place is booming. I mean, it's just it's just great. I love it. I, when the first iPad came out, I made an appointment to get one, and right. I was actually able to do it. Oh yeah, Mick Allo, he's here. So in Boston, was it crazy? He and worked, he worked the launch today. Did you sell out completely? really early and get a whole bunch of disappointed people mad at you. Hmm. This is this is what happened. Yeah, I have yeah. one I have one friend uh, on Facebook Froda and he went to the store oh, and he said he was actually interviewed for the local news while he was in line and you think and they ran out. They ran out before oh. he got 
his. Did he uh, smash the guy's camera, for the, the newsman's camera, just out of uh, a in natural, lo- in natural London, reaction? In London, the line was over a mile long. Now, you know what's funny? People were making fun of Frodo because, I mean, Frodo's a free market guy like all of us. And they said, what about those artificially created shortages, Frodo? What do you think of that? That basically the evil company is creating an artificial right. shortage. Is the shortage artificial? Are they trying to create the hype? I mean, you know how you do when you go... Uh, there's a club in Los Angeles, and they don't let you in the door right away. Not because there's any kind of bottleneck that they can't let you in, but they just want to have that picture of people standing <laughs> right. out there. So, right. you know, a mile-long line, it makes it look really good. By the way, Ed, I don't know this why I thought of I was thinking of London. There was this cute little apartment I saw a picture of. Yeah. It's by King's Cross or something, and it's... How many square feet? It's only a hundred and some odd square yeah. feet. It's some tiny little thing for four hundred and fifty thousand US dollars equivalent. This little tiny teeny teeny apartment. I mean literally yeah, as clean as can be, as cool looking as can be. I mean it looks <laughs> very, like, it looks very, like very modern, but like very, but right there, right next to King's Cross is craziness. Only in London. So a if mile it's one long. individual in there, I think it's okay for a time. But let's give kudos to Apple on something totally different, even though we cannot review the six because we do not have the six in our hands. But what we can do is we can praise them for this nice privacy statement that they've put up on their site. I have the link to it again at my blog, don'tletitgo.com, like all the things that we've talked about this evening. Uh, It's their privacy and government information request statement. And they say at the headline, our commitment to customer privacy doesn't stop because of a government information request. And then they go on to talk about what they can and cannot say about the number of requests that they've had. They're allowed to tell you only if that they've had some, and then I think they can give you an interval within 250. So they say, well, somewhere between 0 and 250 we had of these requests, and that's all they can tell you over a certain period of time. They want to be able to tell you more. They've been pushing. They've been signing on to legal actions that you know they're pushing to be able to tell us more. They also say that Apple has never worked with any government agency from any country to create a backdoor in any of the products or services. They say we've also never allowed any government access to our servers, and we never will. Did you have a comment? No, that's great. Okay. No, because you grabbed that. Yeah, no, I thought you did. Okay. <laughs> and then they ask, you know, what we're most commonly asked for and how we respond and how they carefully review each request. It's got to be accompanied by a valid legal process, et cetera. The problem is, is that the law requires that they probably disclose more right now than they should be able to. They said the vast majority of requests that Apple received from law enforcement come from an agency working on behalf of a customer who has requested assistance locating a stolen device. That sounds good, device requests. But then they also have what they call account requests. Uh, Responding to an account request most often involves providing information about a customer's iTunes or iCloud account. Only a small fraction of requests from law enforcement seek content, such as emails, photos, and other content that's stored on the account. Less than 0.00385% of customers had data disclosed due to government information requests. Now, if you think of the number of customers that they have and you multiply it by 0.00385, there's still some people. There's also national security orders 
They say a tiny percentage of our millions of accounts is affected by the national security-related requests. In the first six months of 2014, we received 250 or fewer. That's all they're allowed to tell you. They said, though, they would, we would like to be more specific. By law, this is the most precise information we're allowed to disclose. Electronic Frontier Foundation apparently gave Apple six out of six stars for the commitment to standing with the customers when the government seeks access to the data. They're working for greater transparency and protections. And I think I've read that there's even stricter protections, stronger protections on your personal data on your phone or on your iPad when you upgrade to the iOS 8, that it's even stronger. Um, So they want more accurate reporting. They want to be able to tell us more. And they also are fighting against extraterritorial warrants, which is a case that I'm still interested in in thinking about more. Because, But what they're saying is that they do not want to be forced to comply and produce customer data that's stored outside the U.S. without U.S. government agencies adhering to a mutual legal assistance treaty process. So they're not saying that they want to resist legitimate warrants, they're saying that there needs to be this treaty process that they adhere to. So I want to go ahead and read this brief and see what they say, because my thought has always been, if the government comes to you with a valid warrant based on probable cause, based on particularized suspicion, and you have access to the data, it seems you should turn it over. But they're saying that there needs to be adherence to a treaty process, maybe mutual with the other country where the servers are located, something like that, before they would do that. And that might be something valid to think Very about. Cool. So I, Apple doesn't have stupid people. No. I would suggest that probably if they're advocating it, it's, it's not uh, it's not anarchy. Well, you know, Jay Carney's not there, so clearly they're not that stupid. <laughs> I still, I mean, we heard that he was going to be the yes, spokesman and yes, then it didn't yes, happen. So good. Maybe so there good. was a lot of outcry. Maybe he, maybe they saw him up close. So this guy sucks. Get him out of here. And it says the information isn't in the U.S. and is thus controlled by Ireland jurisdiction laws. I guess you know. It, it, anyway, I, I have an interesting kind of. Uh, oh, he says the Wired article is important. So there's a Wired article oh, on sure, iPhone okay. security. So Mikael in our chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio for those of you who are listening live, he has a link to a Wired.com article. Thanks, I'm going to go ahead and click on and open that link so we have it for later access. It says, oh, here we go, Wired. It says, despite Apple privacy pledge, cops can still pull data off of a locked iPhone. Hmm. Now, the court recently said, though, that they can't do it without a warrant. Right. So whether they can actually do it, whether they have the right to Reminder to iPhone owners cheering Apple's latest privacy win. Just because Apple will no longer help police to turn your smartphone inside out doesn't mean it can prevent the cops from vivisecting the device on their own. Right. But there was a recent Supreme Court ruling say that they could not get the information off of it without having a warrant first. And I thought that was a good thing. That they couldn't just do it as a search incident to arrest. They had to have separate permission to do it, or they need to have some sort of an exigent circumstances exception. So the fact that they can do it doesn't mean they can do it legally. 
together. God, we're just about done. Just a second, I just want to give mm-hmm. an update to anyone who's interested in the infidel. I finished the script to uh, issue three. I'm going to start drawing it, so I'm going to try to get it out within uh, at the at the end of October, and hopefully, Comicsology could probably get it out there in November. Probably, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, finished it. I feel good about it, and uh, I can't wait to draw it. I read it, and it's good. Ha ha! You haven't read it yet. I have. Everyone who's been hanging out here in the chat room, Ed, we thank you for staying up with us. And Mikhail says, let's hear it for the exclusionary role. We can have that discussion another time. Those who want to continue our discussion this evening can go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com and leave comments there. Some people have done so already. And thanks to those of you who have been using my little handy-dandy Amazon link over at don'tletitgo.com. Every time you make a purchase, you are not paying more you are just helping the show with a percentage of what you pay. So uh, thank you for doing that. I've seen people have been doing that, so I definitely appreciate it. You can also make a direct donation to this show if you like to, and uh, share it with your friends also if you like it. So thanks, everyone, for sticking up with us tonight. And we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.